everybody. Happy Friday. It's Dan here. Go live. We are live on this happy Friday and the weather is beautiful. Hopefully uh, you're enjoying your weather too, unless you are in Texas. If you are, hope everyone out there is safe. Same on the East Coast. Sounds like crazy. If not a true believer of climate change, you better be now. Uh, today I'll be taking it from, well, inside my residence, not the office today, but I do have someone joining me, also not at my residence, but at his home today, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that is Rohan. Hi, how you doing? What's going on, Rohan? It's much, been yeah. a while since I've seen you in person. Yeah, definitely, but good to see you again. Good to be back. So today's topic, yeah, I mean, is something that I think you personally experienced as a high schooler and as a current college student at UC Berkeley. Um, Today's topic is all about what to do when a college reaches out back to you after you've applied, what to expect, what kind of stuff can come up, uh, whether it's additional personal statements or letters of recommendation requests or whatever. Um, it's something that, you know, Rohan hopefully can teach us some about from a person from his firsthand experience recently, both, uh, you know, uh, applying for high school business within UC Berkeley, but also when he was in high school. Um, applying to colleges in general. So thanks for being on the show, Rohan. Appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. So let's get into it. Um, first and foremost, if you like the way this podcast is going, please drop a like, or if you like the way Rohan's doing his hair, hit the subscribe <laughs> button. If not, not a good deal. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I dig it. Uh, Rohan, what's going on? What's the scoop, man? What's uh, What's been going on in your life? Yeah, nothing much. Uh, yeah, as Dan was mentioning, the, I applied to Haas this year. Um, it was a pretty big, big, uh, big decision, and I, I just found out last week that I was admitted, um, which is a which is really happy for me. I was really hard work pays off, I guess. And um, yeah, aside from that, I've been living in Berkeley. Um, I went to high school in the Bay Area, as probably many of you. Um, and yeah, just been focusing on classes, trying to enjoy this beautiful weather, um, and yeah, just trying to have a good time. So. Let's walk. Let's walk the the viewers through your own background. So I met Rohan. I think I met you when you were. I think it was the ninth grade or something, right? Yeah, freshman year. Freshman. Yeah, year. it was. We go way back. I mean, you know, walk us through that experience through high school. What was that like? You know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think uh, coming into high school, um, I didn't really know exactly what to expect. I think I came from like a background where my parents didn't know anything much about like the college process here uh, either. Um, so from a family friend, we found out uh, about like Dan um, and we had our first meeting and like, I kind of realized like, Oh, like there are definitely some things I need to start doing now to really prepare myself to do what I want to do as a career. Um, and so, yeah, freshman year, that was a, a period of time when honestly I wasn't really focused on school as much as I should have been. Uh, I was playing video games. I was out doing random things when I, uh, honestly, I definitely should have put a little bit more time in my schooling efforts. Um, but then sophomore year come, came around and like, I kind of like got a more clear view of like, okay, if I want to go to the colleges I want to go to, if I want to do career wise, what I really want to do, I need to start taking action now. Um, and so through the help of Dan, I kind of, uh, you know, noticed that you know, I got to take school more seriously, first of all, take classes that I'm genuinely interested in, not necessarily that are the hardest class or the class that, um, you know, would push me the most necessarily. But um, yeah, that was definitely one thing I learned 
Uh, and, and then, yeah, sophomore year, I kind of really picked up things, got better grades in my freshman year, um, started taking my sports more seriously. I, I was a big cross-country runner, so I started focusing on that a lot more. Um, definitely started getting involved into other things, volunteering, um, like going on, like doing more things with my school. And then junior year came around, which is pretty stressful, obviously, like the ACT, SAT, um, and like kind of just making sure I got good grades, really wanted to enjoy that, uh, like enjoy the time I had in school, but also realize that I'm here to do well. And um, I really tried to do that to my best ability. And then senior year came around, college application process was pretty daunting. Um, as many of you know, it's uh, it's not the easiest process, but I applied to schools, heard back from a couple places. Um, and then once that happened, I kind of relaxed a little from school, tried to enjoy life more. Didn't go to all the classes I should have, but I enjoy <laughs> once committing to Berkeley. I definitely took my foot off the gas and just trying to enjoy my time left. Did but, you think yeah, you were gonna get, did you think you were going to get into Berkeley? No, not at all. Yeah, it's, it's so funny because I I didn't even really I wanted to go to Berkeley, but uh, when I got re I got rejected actually from UCLA and USC the weekend before. So my thought process was, well, if I'm rejected from these two schools, I'm probably not going to get into Berkeley. So I, uh, I was actually pretty kind of set on like my other two options that I was looking at. Um, and then once I found out about Berkeley, I was, I was pretty shocked. I really, I opened it in front of my parents and there, and I told them really softly, like I got in and, uh, yeah, they were pretty happy too. So good time. Yeah. You know, let's slow-mo that. So, you know, a lot of our seniors right now, and whether you are a senior watching or you're an underclassman, you're a parent of a high school, it doesn't matter. I mean, let's, let's, let's teach the audience, like what actually happens after you put in your app, right? Cause a lot of people think, okay. I submit my essays, I submit my stuff, it's over, right? And it's not, right? You have mm -hmm. this tremendous amount of time between November and like technically like in May or sometimes even further if you're waitlisted, right? Some people don't even get their waitlisted back to like July, I've heard recently, which is terrible, um, but a lot can happen. So, you know, when you were waiting, what came up? You know, what were some of the things that came up during the waiting game? Yeah, definitely. So I would say between November and I guess like when March and like decisions and then May, a couple of different things happened. One, um, like a month after I applied to UC, the UC system, I got an email from Berkeley asking to have like referral letters, um, which is something I, I think they've been doing a little bit more often now. Um, and that was like, uh, you know, I feel like a lot of people when they see something like that, they already think, oh, I'm a borderline candidate. Um, but I think I had like a, a different mindset where I was like, yeah, like this is the chance to show that I'm a great candidate and that mm -hmm. I could fit at UC Berkeley. Um, so with those letters, I asked my math teacher because I was super close with her and I asked her to write me a letter of recommendation. And then I asked like this summer program chair person that I, I did, um, like MIT launch, um, launch X now, I asked if she could write me a letter of recommendation. So I had two of those. So that was one thing. Uh, and then from UCLA, I got another um, questionnaire thing, basically writing a 500 word essay. Um, describing like anything new happening or like kind of like like talk about an exceptional talent um, i think was the prompt um mm. and i wrote that essay i didn't i didn't get into ucla but i mean that's the past now but uh yeah so those are like the two main things i got i did get waitlisted from nyu stern which i was also pretty like interested in um and then so like i i uh, i got waitlisted from uc san diego and uh uc davis as well yeah uh, but yeah, like so, I definitely filled out like the like at NYU. I filled out the uh, like the letter of interest thing, so I wrote that, and then um, I also did this uh, for uh, UC Davis and San Diego. I wrote like a little blurb as well. Um, but yeah, yeah so it was like the, the main. Thing is, 
it, you were busy. I mean, the apps yeah, were still yeah. happening, right? And so this is like a good reminder for anybody who's watching right now is the application does not end in November, <laughs> right? Make sure to log in or have your students log into their application portals per each school. I would say once a week, that's a good frequency to check, right? Because you don't want to just think it's over and then all of a sudden find out three months later that, you know, UC San Diego or UC Davis was waiting for you to say something back, right? Whether it was a personal statement or it was two letters of recommendation requests from Berkeley, or it was just, oh, we, we you know, we're offering you a waitlist position, right? Do you want to take it, right? So check your portals. And also, I think you mentioned it interesting. You saw this follow-up as an opportunity to really show the reader or the, the evaluator that you are indeed the best candidate or a strong candidate for the school. And I think that's awesome, you know? Um, so many students, and even admittedly, some of ours, right, they get lazy. I mean, it's senior year, senioritis, right, kicks in, and it's like, oh man, okay, it's over. I don't need to worry anymore. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna relax and chill, right? And the problem with that mindset is that colleges oftentimes don't make up their mind till March, you know, yeah. February, March time. And so if you're just lollygagging around, just chilling, right, you actually aren't putting your best foot forward because when they come to you in January or February for that information, any new information, right, which is the point, point number one, right, the number one thing to expect is they're gonna ask you for any new information or additional information and you don't have anything to give, or worse, you have bad grades from the first semester to report, <laughs> right? I mean, you're not putting yourself in the best light here, and that can really, really, really hurt your chances at a school that maybe you actually were, maybe you actually were stronger, but now maybe not so much anymore. So guys, make sure to remember to really kind of finish strong, right? I had a, one of my friends used to say this all the time, start strong, end strong, or finish strong, right? So. Don't just, you know, basically loosen up in 12th grade just because it's 12th grade, despite how tempting it is. And I think both Rohan and me, we're, we're guilty of that to some degree for sure. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I'm curious, Rohan, like, you know, when you got your letters of recommendation for Berkeley, um, you know, you, it's interesting. You got one from a teacher and one from a non-teacher. I mean, what, what helped you decide that? I mean, why not get it from two teachers? Why not just, why, why, why do it the way you did? Yeah. Um, so. I, I so I, I applied as like under undeclared, but I, I, through my essays, I thought it was kind of clear that I was really interested in business and entrepreneurship. So I wanted to show that I was capable in like school like in a school setting. So I used a math teacher. My other letters of rec for um, other schools was my Spanish AP Spanish teacher, um, and I thought you know that might be good. But also you know in in one of my essays, I talked about the summer program Launch X. So if I could reach out to the director of the program and hopefully she would write me a letter of recommendation since you know I got closer over the summer, um, she'd be willing to do that. And um, she fortunately was. And I thought like for me specifically, I think that was kind of an, not necessarily the avenue that everyone took because I, I did have friends who just used both their teachers and they got in. Um, but for me, I thought, you know, I wanted to emphasize that I'm really interested in business and I, I didn't say hospitably in my essays because of, you know, it's a UC system, but that right. I was really interested in pursuing like an entrepreneurship business career. Um, so that's why I did um, like one math teacher to show academic wise, I think I could handle the pressures of a school like Berkeley and two, like, uh, like some an extracurricular activity that um, I excelled in and wrote about in my essays. Yeah, that's excellent. And I think I would, I actually like that. You know, I think if anything, I'm sure you, you, we talked about that prior to you doing it, but 
Um, you know, showing versatility, right, in, in your profile, both academic and non, I think is, is crucial. Uh, and especially when you're getting letters of recommendations, it's good to kind of get them from different kinds of sources, right? Because you guys have to understand the way a university is using these is that they're basically trying to get a sense of, okay, they're like, Rohan's told me about himself, <laughs> but who is he to other people, right? Let me hear from somebody else about who he is. Because he's saying this about him, but what are other people saying about him, right? Which brings me to a really good pro tip, guys. Whenever you guys get a letter of recommendation, you want to send the person who's going to write you one talking points, right? You want to send them a list of talking points. Don't send them all the same talking points because then it's all going to sound the same, right? But you want to get some control over what is going to be written about you if possible. And by the way, letters, letter writers, they need the help. So trust me, if you give them talking points, they're going to really appreciate it. It's going to save them a ton of time. Um, but going really quickly back to, you know, the request for additional information, I want to just spend a quick minute to read out loud what you can expect, right? So here are, here's a quick sample of three of the UCs and what they actually asked for after you've applied. So I have first one, UCLA, sorry to break your heart, Ron, but I'm going to read this one first. <laughs> In your application, you may have mentioned an extraordinary talent or skill or academic achievement. Um, please take this opportunity to share, the, share with us more detailed information about that level of achievement, depth of participation, and passion for this particular area. So that's UCLA's, right? So they want to see basically what makes you special, basically, right? And it's a nicer way of saying, why should we choose you? You know what I mean? What makes you different? What will you likely bring to our campus and community, right? The next one is UC San Diego. Are there any personal circumstances that have significantly impacted your ability to achieve academically, right? And it goes on and says, you know, uh, please provide any updates information contained in your UC application for admission as well. Um, and so, you know, they're looking for, okay, are there any circumstances that basically, you know, like explain some grade anomalies, right? Maybe you didn't do so well junior year or sophomore year, right? Uh, maybe there was a, you had mostly A's and all of a sudden you had a C here, a blip. They are giving you a chance to say, okay, what happened, right? in a much more concrete, um, you know, uh, way. And the second part of that is also, right, they, they ask another question, please provide any updates information contained in your UC application. That's, again, that's your opportunity to really show them that you've continued that positive trajectory, right, um, through senior year, and not just stopped because applications are already submitted. Uh, and the last one, UC Davis, uh, they ask about any hardship or difficult circumstances focused on medical-related circumstances, um, you know, and. So it's interesting, right? They have also asked for his, you know, for grades from first semester senior year. Yes, they do. They, that does come up. So again, similar to San Diego, looking for any explanations to grade anomalies, right, that you have. So this is really helpful uh, for anybody. So by the way, if you've heard back from a university, like for additional information, I would say that's good news because at least they're still considering you, <laughs> right? They haven't yet decided, okay, we're gonna reject this candidate. So I'd say overall, good news put your best foot forward, right? Um, and so, you know, letters of recommendation, we've covered that. Let's go to the final one, which you've also mentioned too, which is a change in application status, right? So maybe you applied early action and all of a sudden you get deferred to regular. Maybe you applied regular and then all of a sudden you get waitlisted, right? To who knows when. Um, Rohan, what schools were you waitlisted to? I'm just really curious. You don't have to name them all, but what are yeah. what that come to mind? So I was I was deferred one from Michigan, uh, University of Michigan, uh, and then I was waitlisted from NYU Stern, UC San Diego, UC Davis, and I believe Duke. I don't recall. I'm pretty sure Duke as well. 
Mm -hmm. Got it. So what a waitlist means is that they liked you. They just didn't like you enough to accept you off the bat. So they are going to wait right for the people they did accept to decide on whether or not going to enroll. And after how many seats are filled, they're going to have some amount left. Then they release students off the waitlist, right? And so, you know, that's kind of how it works. It's actually a terrible, terrible, terrible system in my opinion, but they don't really have many other options because they also have to try to fill their seats. Meanwhile, students who are applying to 20 colleges can only go, are only going to go to one, right? Uh, so even if they do, you know, give a student acceptance letter, they're not even sure you're going to go there, right? Because for instance, Rohan, where, did, where else did you get accepted outside of Berkeley? Yeah, so I eventually got accepted into University of Michigan Ross School of Business. I got accepted into University of um, oh wait, I said Michigan. Yeah, Michigan Washington University of Washington. Um, but yeah, that's good enough. Basically, are you going there right now? No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so just because they accepted you, right, doesn't mean you were you were going to fill their seat, right? So that's when they said, okay, we have these seats now. They're open. Let's release students off the waitlist. But this is a good tip for people out there who are wondering when should I reach out to a college after I've applied right? When you have a change in application status, this is a good time to reach back out, right? So let's say a university like, let's say, I don't know, uh, Santa Cruz or Davis, right? They offer you a spot on the wait list. First and foremost, you should absolutely say, yes, I want to take that spot because that doesn't commit you to actually having to go there, right? That keeps the door open. Um, and so, you know, after you've been, if they've basically changed you from regular to wait list, you should absolutely, I think, reach, send an email at the very minimum, right? to whoever it is, whether it's the admissions office or a regional rep you've been talking to, and tell them basically that you would indeed, if it's true, right, that you would certainly go if you were accepted, right? That way they can feel more confident about accepting you, right, and giving you an acceptance letter versus another candidate that they're not even sure about, right? So that being said, I don't generally recommend reaching out to colleges without any change in application status, right? So if there's been no news, right, and specifically if they say, don't reach out to us, <laughs> Right. You don't want to seem like a tryhard. And by the way, admissions offices, yeah, they're human people and they get annoyed like most humans do. Right. So you don't want to send them, you know, just all this a slew of random information unless they personally you know, requested it from you, as we've talked about today. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, don't freak out. You know, if you're being waitlisted, don't freak out if you're being rejected. You know, uh, you can appeal. It's very, very low probability you'll get in. But right. If anything, probably wasn't meant to be, move on to the next one, right? So that's why we, we help our students apply to a whole bunch of colleges, not just a few. Um, so that kind of covers the three things that can possibly happen after you've applied, which is one, they might request additional info, right? Like the examples I read today. Um, they might request letters of rec recommendation like Berkeley did with Rohan, uh, or they might change your application status, right? From early to regular or regular to you know, to who knows what deferred start date in spring as opposed to the fall. I mean, all kinds of weird stuff happens. Um, so yeah, there's a whole lot of stuff can happen. But all in all, guys, if a college reaches out back to you for something, whatever it is, it's a good sign. <laughs> and if you don't believe me, ask Rohan because he was waitlisted to Michigan, got in, right? But guess what, Michigan? You lost one, a good one because he ended up going to <laughs> the better school. <laughs> <laughs> now really quick and this might be a good plug for maybe another time we meet up in the who knows when but um you took a risk going to berkeley why because you actually knew you wanted to go pre-business right um but you weren't guaranteed the major in business right because that's not how berkeley worked or at the time certainly doesn't isn't how it worked they don't guarantee any undergrad applicant 
you know, the business major. You have to apply again when you get in, right? So let's talk really yeah. quickly about that. You have recently applied to Haas and congrats, you got in. But Thank what, you. what, you know, how did they follow up with you? What, what information were they looking for afterwards? Yeah, so basically um, Haas, they, the application opens up sophomore year for UC Berkeley students and you apply in the fall, uh, in November is like when it's due. And so like your freshman year, you're essentially doing the most activities you can you're getting the best grades you can. You're honestly doing what you can, both like your passions, your interests, and like what you might want to do career-wise, but also if you are interested in applying to Haas, like you're, you're creating a story. Um, and so I applied in November uh, and uh, I, I didn't get reached out to, but I did provide them with an update regarding like a familial circumstance um, in the application. And considering it was a COVID semester, there was a couple of different like things that they looked for and they added in their application, um, such as like an optional essay. Um, but yeah, I think for me personally, like it was something really stressful and it was a big risk to take considering I got into Michigan with the Ross business school business. Um, and I got a direct admin versus here where I had to really, uh, I had to work really hard, which I, yeah. I maybe yeah. if I was in Michigan, I might not have worked as hard like that. So I think it really did light a fire under me. And, you know, I knew if I didn't get in the house, I would be fine either way, but it's something right. I kind of had, a, I set my eyes on. So, yeah. yeah. Maybe another day you can maybe uh, shed some light on what that process was like, you know, like what it took to get into Berkeley and then have to kind of apply again, you know, for <laughs> the high school of business, right? Because there are two Haas grads, well, soon to be two Haas grads here. Uh, and so I can also share maybe some perspective on what that was like as well. But uh, until the next time, we're out of time today. Thank you so much, Ron, for joining us and Definitely. offering your, your perspective and your love. I mean, it goes a long way. Guys, if you guys like the channel, please hit the like button, subscribe, drop a comment, or any suggestions you guys have for maybe future topics. We'd really appreciate the support. Really allows us to go out and help more students and more parents. Um, and so anyway, till the next time. Thanks, y'all. See you guys then. Stay safe. And Rohan, I'll catch you later. Yep. Have a good one. See you guys.